Good afternoon. This is Dr. Saul Goldstein. The uh, the opinions expressed by these two, uh, you know, uh, fellows, uh, colored folks, uh, may or may not be the opinions of uh, their employers uh, or mine. Uh, Howl at me. If I speak, I am in, in big trouble. In big trouble. And I don't want to be in big trouble. Chop soccer, we in the building. Kenzel Washington, how you doing, my guy? Uh, I'm out here chilling. Uh, just one question, because you know, like winter's coming up. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of uh, the COVID is rearing its ugly head back out here. So you know, one more time for the streets, like, are you vaccinated? <laughs> like, go get your boosters. Like, you know, go get all that good stuff. Yeah, I think everybody's straight at this. I hope everybody's straight at this point. And even if you're not, um, like, good luck out there. But You'd be surprised, my boy. Be, let's get into some soccer shit, man. Uh, we can go to your hometown at present, Chicago, Illinois. Yerp, uh, yerp. The Red Stars are up for sale. Yeah. Uh, I know people have been screaming for Arnhem Whistler to get the hell up out of there. That's his name, right? Arnhem Whistler? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's happening. So there is a, an investment group made up, uh, made up of Chicago businesswomen, and they are going to buy the Red Stars. So this woman, uh, let, her name is Laura Ricketts. She yep. owns the Chicago Sky, uh-huh. and she's co-owner of the Cubs. So that's a nice little synergy right there. How yeah. do you feel about this, Ken? Are you excited about this specific person? Uh, spearheading the ownership group, and do you think it will benefit the Red Stars as a club? That's when the blessings come in. Blessings come in. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, I'm pretty excited about this. Um, you know, um, without saying too much about like you know the personal beliefs or whatever of like the mm-hmm. new owner that's coming in like you know um she has like a good synergy in the city like um the chicago sky is like a really they're a really good outfit um in terms of both like on the court and off the court kind of like you know synergy mm-hmm. right like uh candace parker was here for a long time i think she's still here um, I think they won a WNBA title like in the past five or so years. Like, you know, um, everybody knows the Cubs, right? So um, her husband, I think it's either her husband or her brother. Um, she's from the Ricketts family that owns the Cubs. So, I mean, like she knows like this isn't just like, like Arnold Whistler was a guy who liked w- women's soccer and was like, hey, like I see a way I can make a bag here, right? Mm-hmm. Like, these are, like, sports people. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, so, like, yeah, these are the big leagues. So, you know, like, I'm really excited for this. Um, I think there's going to be a bit of a rebrand also. Mm. Um, I think there's going to be a rebrand coming. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to rebrand off the Red Stars property entirely. Um, but I do think there's going to be like a rebrand of the Red Stars, like brand to come, you know, in like, you know, in a large degree, I think they kind of want to move off these like early NWSL Arnhem Whistler years. They're one of the last teams to actually do it. Mm -hmm. Um, being one of the originals, like, uh, I believe, I believe they were one of the original NWSL teams. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty excited about this. Don't really have much to add. There's not really like, you know, yeah. much to come, but yeah, this is, uh, this is actually really big news for the NWSL, um, and for like Chicago land. What if they just drop the red and it's just the Chicago stars. So now she has the sky and the stars. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of stuff she can do with this. Um, the big she thing can't that get sun because Connecticut got that off. <laughs> yeah, she can't get the sun. Um, but one thing that is really interesting is that 
like the reason I think there's a rebrand coming is because like in their portfolio, all the teams are like blue. Mm -hmm. So the Cubs are, you know, primarily a blue team, like, you know, blue and white, um, the sky, Chicago sky, they're like sky blue and like gold or something like that. So like the red star is kind of red and white, you know, like, or like red sky blue and kind of like Chicago flag, like, you know, outfit, I think, um, like, you know, could still work. But I think they would like, I think you're onto something like highlighting less of like the red stars part of it and right. more like, you know, tuning it in with like the city of Chicago because you have the Cubs, you know, the Chicago sky is like, you know, like the Chicago skyline, like that's kind mm-hmm. of what they're selling there. Um, so, you know, they'll have, uh, you know, I think they have a little, you know, like rebranding on their mind. Right yeah. there. Plus, it's necessary just to get rid of that dead weight that Arnold yeah. brought to the club. So, oh yeah, hundred percent. Shed that old skin and do something new. Yeah. Let's jump down south, man. Uh, we mentioned this collaboration before, but now we have actual pictures of it. Bape and Enter Miami. Uh, they have a lifestyle kit. They got some shorts. They got some hats. They got some hoodies. Got quite a few pieces going on here. Uh, have you had an opportunity to look at this in detail? And what are your thoughts? Now, last time you said you would cop something. Now that it's here, are you still of the mind that you're going to cop something? Talk to me. Corny, lame, Tomatoes, 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 tomatoes. That shit is a two-pack of ass. Yeah, I'm not rocking with this at all, bro. Really? Yeah, yeah. What happened, man? I mean, what happened is they like put it out and <laughs> like, and like the concept, like, you know, the concept was way higher than like what they actually delivered, you know, okay. like it's bape. So like, I'm not like expecting them to like wow me or something. Yeah. But I mean, this is clearly like this just feels like a cash grab. You know what I mean? Like, like the front, like they couldn't come up with anything more creative than uh, like, what does this say on it? Like Miami, a bathing ape, Mm -hmm. like and then Bape 93 on the back, Mm -hmm. like. And then they do the little tag, right? And the tag is just like, like they just couldn't come up with anything like more creative than this. Like that's my problem because I mean, you knew what they were going to, like you knew the font they were going to give you. You knew the kind of like, you know, aesthetic they were going to give you. But like, this is just disappointing for like, the aesthetic of what you're expecting. Uh, so yeah, this is, this is a toss for me. Like what, mm. what do you got? Uh, I don't hate it. It's very bape. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I'm the fashion guy. Yeah. I keep a little bit more in tune with this type of stuff. So none of this surprises me like with bait, the print is the thing. So they don't really do too much like design wise. So this is just about exactly what I expected. Um, plus, you have the the issue of trying to marry these two brands whose logos are very, very different. Bape yeah. has a very simplified logo. The Enter Miami Club badge is not so simple, but you can take elements out of it, which they did on the hoodie. Um, you have the Bape Ape and then the just the herons outside of the club logo uh, superimposed over it. Uh, yeah, it's cool. I mean, if you're an Inter Miami fan, I imagine you like this. You'll have some fun with it. But outside of that, not too much going on. Uh, the prices will be, you know, lower than Bape, but probably a little high for unfashioned people who are, you know, closer to the soccer nerd side than they are to fashion and will have a little bit of sticker shock when they run into this stuff. Um, it notes here that prices start at $159, which is probably for the shirt. That's not too bad because in Adidas authentic jersey, I just paid $170 for the parks kit from NYCFC. 
So they're not far off there. Uh, yeah, like I said, it's it's cool. Nothing outrageous here, nothing cool, but as as a way to establish your club as far cooler than just about anybody else in MLS, aside from, say, LAFC, you know, being able to put your product in the streets like this and increasing that brand recognition is a huge, huge deal. So I'm actually proud of Inter Miami for doing this, but the the collection actually doesn't speak to me that much. How much did you say you paid for that NYCFC jersey? Buck seventy. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that shit one fifty plus the tax plus shipping. One seventy. Bro, that's what I said, but that is a I, I actually, up. I do like the kit, and I always buy authentic regardless. My biggest gripe was, you know, for for that money, mm-hmm. I want a heat-ready jersey, not an arrow-ready jersey, but we've been over that many times on this show. So that's my only real issue. So in other major soccer news, um, the U.S. women's national team has been uh, relieved, <laughs> we'll say, of their head coach. Andonovsky resigned today. It was all over social media. Uh, Ken, I need to know what your thoughts are about this. Uh, first, was this the right move? Of course it was, but answer it anyway. And two, do you have a list of two to three people that you would love to see uh, considered as the hire for this role, what you thinking? Um, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, no, I actually don't have a list of people. I think uh, U.S. soccer needs to think long and hard about um, what they want the program to be before they hire anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that U.S. soccer is about to go through U.S. women's soccer is about to go through a down period. Um, oh, you stamping that on, on, on live? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am definitely stamping that on live, man. You, 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 you know what I'm talking about. Y'all all know what I'm talking about, man. Like, <laughs> um, I guess the simplest way I can put it is that, like, as European countries start to spend more money on women's sports, like they're going to have access to better soccer related facilities than are going to exist here in America. So Mm -hmm. like, you know, what existed for a long time was that like, you know, women here in America had access to like better facilities in addition to being like more physical and like better athletic specimens. Right. Mm -hmm. Like now, like, you know, the only thing that American women are probably going to have the advantage in um, in terms of the soccer world is going to be the athletic part mm. um, because the technical part of the facilities and the training and like the tactics and all of that. Um, they're like, you know, look at the two teams in the final right now. You got Spain and England. Like, you think that's a coincidence? <laughs> Like, uh, I think Spain is a coincidence because didn't they whole damn team quit and they got like a bunch of replacements? Yeah, but I mean, when you're talking about replacements, like, you know, like you're not talking about like bums, right? Like mm-hmm. this, these are still like really quality players. And in a game where like, you know, in a tournament where the American women aren't there, then the athleticism disparity like shrinks significantly. Mm. Right. So like a team like Spain, right. Can lose a bunch of players. And because just like the overall makeup of their technical quality, like, you know, in general is so high in a, like, you know, tournament where athleticism isn't like a clear defining factor between one team and another, like it doesn't really matter how many players you 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 kind of lose in that way, right? Well, I mean it matters, but you know mm. you could lose a few players and still be like top ends. You know mm. what I mean? Because a country like Spain goes against a country like Sweden. You know, Sweden <laughs> loses twelve players. Like 
that's their whole team, right? Like they're right. just not deep enough. Like they don't have enough of a population, like, you know, so on and so forth. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I think the U S women are in trouble. Um, so I would actually, if I was U S soccer, I would actually really use this opportunity to like build some coaches. Like uh, I would start like a mm. coaching program. Maybe like this would be those the exist. Well, I, I would slide this in real quick. If you are listening to this podcast and you are black and you are looking for either mentorship or opportunities as a coach in soccer, reach out and I will put you in contact with people who can help you navigate that world. Yeah, I would definitely like to see uh, I would definitely like to see like U.S. soccer and the women's national team kind of put their money where their mouth is like coming out like right now and really start developing a pipeline um, for women coaches, specifically like, you know, women coaches of color. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, I really couldn't, like, I really wouldn't suggest anybody with a reputation, like take this job for the next couple of years. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, Sabrina Wegman, uh, the head coach of the uh, English women's national team, like, right. Like U.S. tried to poach her, she was like, "Nah, we're good." Yeah, <laughs> bro, that's petty as shit, too. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that whole like aura, like that whole aura, like phase of like women's soccer is like coming to a close. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, anybody scared of you, Cletus? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, if you just think of like how sports evolved. Right. Like think about any sport you can think of and like the dark ages of that sport. Right. You always had like one team that was just like the team. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And like, you know, in terms of women's soccer coming out of the dark ages, U.S. women's national team was just that team. But as things have grown and things expanded, there's no way they're just going to be able to keep up this dominance. Right. So, like, unless they come back and retool and, like, you know, figure out a way to get more players into Europe where they can get, like, you know, this top-level training and tactic coaching and stuff like that, you know, because, like, I hate to be on a rant about this, but, like, not for nothing, like, if you watch women's, like, European soccer, like, the difference between watching European women's soccer and European men's soccer is, like, very minuscule. Mm. like in terms of like as far as style of play yeah okay so like you know you can see why it's very easy when a national tournament comes around for like europeans to kind of like get behind it find the ethos like you know really like engage with it at a high level because like you know it's very familiar right like the U.S. men's national team doesn't have a style of play, right? No. Like the women's national team style of play was just being more athletic than everyone else, right? Like something's going to have to start building here or like we're definitely going to become like an also ran nation that produces good players but like doesn't really like produce on the world stage, you know? Mm. Uh, when you when you break it down in that way, it makes me think about how this is going to affect NWSL in the long term. Mm-hmm. Because as more prominent leagues pop up around the world, and the bags are better, and the conditions are better, and you start losing talent in NWSL, do they turn into an exact carbon copy of <laughs> the U.S. men's national team where you now have the issue of everybody's playing overseas and there's no longer a style of play on the U S women's national team. I mean, I actually think it would serve the U S women's national team like a lot better than it served the men. I think the ultimate problem for the men is not that we don't have a style of play. It's that like, you know, the style of play that they try to play week in week out is a very European style that they have to adapt to. And then they come back to their national team and like, there's no, um, what would you like? There's no like setup for them to continue the way that they play with their clubs to play with Mm. their national team. Right. Mm. Like, I think that like, you know, with the women, it would actually be a bit different. 
um, because it doesn't seem like the USSF is like interested in actually like developing American coaches and things like that. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, of course, like, you know, for the women's game, like, you know, we're probably going to end up with a foreign coach before too long. And like, you know, it would serve the team really good to have like really well to have like a foreign coach with like players that play in a foreign league because they'll actually like, you know, maximize their returns under it the way Mm -hmm. like, you know, we were kind of on our way to maximizing our returns like that under Jurgen Klinsmann, but they like jettisoned too early. Yeah. All right. Um, Man, let's let's switch gears here. Okay. And let's talk. Um, how do I want to word this? <laughs> uh Fox has acquired the US rights to the Saudi Pro League. Mm-hmm. And uh this is very on brand, <laughs> but it's still absolutely shocking that they have done this. Uh, I would love to hear your thoughts on this signing, what it means for the Saudi Pro League and the US, what the Saudi Pro League means for recruiting European stars in competition with MLS. And do you think the political climate will deteriorate this uh rights deal before it really gets a chance to get started <laughs> um i can't con- i can't i can't i can't i can't i can't control the passion <laughs> like i um i don't know man like um i think there's a lot to this uh i actually i actually think um I actually think this is this is this is a very astute move by <laughs> this is a very astute move by Fox. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Oh my god, I'm listening. Okay, so like you got to ask yourself like what are the Saudis like up to, right? Like, we all know they're, like, sports washing, right? But, like, mm-hmm. to what end, right? Mm. So, like, what if that end... And this all ties into, like, your questions, right? Like, this is going to dovetail beautifully into, like, your MLS question, right? But, mm-hmm. like, what if the end game of all this money being put in the Saudi League is um getting into uefa okay right because i mean there's precedent for middle eastern like leagues to be admitted into uefa i mean israel's in uefa right like israeli clubs get into like european competition right so what if the angle here is that the Saudi league wants to get into Europe? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, <laughs> right? Right? You ever thought Ooh, about that? Shit. He's heating up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like, because think about that. Think about that. They get all these players to come over. They're able to offer all these absorbent wages. They work their way into Europe, right? Like they get in, like even if you only get like one or two like teams and like a play-in format where they have to like, you know, play their way through, right? Like all the other small countries. That's a foot in the door, bro. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So then what happens now what happens if you are the Saudi league, you get into Europe and you're starting to develop an American following, right? Like how much money do you think that Fox paid for, you know, these rights right now because they were first bidders on the block, right? 
Bro, this whole conversation is so crazy to me. Bro, man, I'm telling you. This nigga said pick up U.S. fans. Imagine a nigga running around in an Ali Law jersey. <laughs> That's from fucking the suburbs of Chicago. Talking about something. I can't wait to go to a game live. What? Bro, oh, you that's think, so crazy to me. But bro, listen, you think you think that's out there for everyone. You think that's far fetched? It I don't think it's not that I think it's far fetched. It just it just wouldn't have been a consideration two months ago, and now it's just here. Yeah, stranger <laughs> things have happened, bro. Stranger things have happened. Yeah. And like this is big because I mean, you know, like They've realized that motherfuckers show up for Wrexham, right? Mm-hmm. So what happens if you get the Saudi Pro League? It's actually a half-decent <laughs> league, and you get it on Fox Sports 1 for, like, pennies, bro. Oh, shit, bro. Like, you know what thought you just gave me? What? Some niggas on Twitter talk about, so, well, they tell better stories than MLS. <laughs> I'm telling you, yeah. <laughs> you about to get oh all God. these, bro. You about to get all these eggheads like doing this shit because like the football is gonna be good. It's gonna be better than MLS. Um, it's it's probably for me. It depends on how many they buy, how many players they get to to take the the setup bag over there. Bro, they, they they are bringing a lot of players, but it's still not quite like the rest of the players are like MLS. I mean, they just got like Neymar. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Even still, that's like, let's say Neymar is the equivalent of us grabbing Messi. And if you also get, you know, two support players for Messi, then that would make that team equal to enter Miami. But that doesn't change the dynamics of the league entirely. You would need, you know, three, two tiers below uh, Neymar on every team or more. And I just think like MLS is too far established as a an attractive league in the world for reasons outside of just the money, because they can outspend anybody like the shit is effectively unlimited. And no one else is gonna do that and i i just don't see that truly being sustainable because china did that too and look where they at okay let me read you off everybody (laughs) who has joined (laughs) the saudi league oh shit (laughs) okay because i don't think actually um hold on hold on yeah 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 here hold on let me go to the there's so many players joining the Saudi league. They had to put together a transfer tracker. <laughs> Bro, I'm telling you, they got everyone. Uh, we were just talking about, after one of my games, we were just talking about Neymar's deal last night, bro. Like, it is unreal, like, how much they just are throwing around. Um, let's see. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Um, let me see. Here's some names you would know. Um, you know Neymar. Mm-hmm. Um, you know Sadio Mane. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Let me get all the like the ballers ballers that you would know. Um, you know Benzema. Um, you know Big Benz, so you know Ngolo Conte. Um, let me see. Who else would you? Um, who else would you know? No, um, you would know David Ospina because he played for Chile. Uh, I'm trying to just because there are just tons of names here. Um, you know Edward Mendy. He was mm-hmm. the French goalkeeper. You know Riyad Mahrez. You know Roberto Firmino. Uh, you might know Frank Kessie. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, like, there's about 20, like, 
other dudes that I know that are just like B-level dudes mm-hmm. <laughs> that have already gone. So, I mean, like in total, they've already put like on some teams, it's up to seven players and like at least every team because they only have like eight or nine teams, which is another thing. So mm-hmm. it's like easy to like load these teams, right? And all yeah. of a sudden, you got eight like good teams, right? So, all I hear is they're not better than MLS, but keep going. I mean, at I don't least know not that. yet. Yeah, not yet. Definitely not yet. But I mean, like they really, honestly, well and truly, they don't actually have to be, right? Mm. Like, especially. <laughs> Especially if they get that European slot. Yeah, money in that European slot, bro. You imagine the fucking the Saudi dudes on the on the bench with the money guns. Oh, with <laughs> money guns? <laughs> it's like they're handing out salaries live. <laughs> bro, that is ridiculous. Do they cock um, a money gun? Like, can you cock a money gun? Like Yeah. Well, since we're talking about, you know, high level signings and leagues that many people may consider undeserving or beneath said players, Messi being here in MLS has (laughs) obviously driven up prices uh, across the country for games he's playing at home and away. And some of these prices are absolutely outrageous. Um I can't even imagine what these League's Cup final tickets like. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm seeing some notes here that the most expensive standard admission ticket on Ticketmaster is just shy of $1,500 for a final against Nashville SC. That's crazy, but not shocking to me. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's, it, I want you to talk on this, but I first just want to say... Now, this is hilarious to me. Those <laughs> niggas was dying, dying, dying for Messi to come here. Uh-huh. First it was, he'll never come here. Then it was like, oh, he might come. Like, please come, please come, please come. Now that he's here, it's like, oh, the ticket prices are too high. Like, nigga, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? <laughs> like, you thought you was going to go see Messi for $20? You are out of your fucking mind. And you clearly don't know shit about soccer or economics because... There is no way you didn't see any of this coming once he arrived here. Little cut rate messy. <laughs> little discount messy. Little dollar bid messy. That's what they wanted. Mm. Nah, man. Like, uh, not for nothing, I feel him. <laughs> How? Why? Not for nothing, I feel him. I feel him. Because yesterday's price is not today's price. (laughs) Damn sure link. Fuck what you talking about. Like them tickets are still going up, bro. Do you know that I I haven't sold my ticket for Chicago yet? Like here in Chicago. And I've been waiting. I've been watching it steadily tick up. Just tick, 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 tick. What they at now? Um, And you got good seats too. Aren't you in the hundreds? Yeah, I gotta. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm right in the like I'm right at midfield, as high as you can get on the lower bowl. Mm-hmm. So it's like covered if it's gonna rain and everything. Mm. So like I got like primo seats, um, and right now they're clocking at like seven fifty. They were at like six seventy five. Um, so what are you waiting for, nigga? Seven fifty. I said that bitch so quick, fast. It's only August, my boy. When is the game? October. Ah, uh, it's still going to time out though. Nah, it's just going to hit a, a ceiling. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait till about the second or third. I'm gonna wait till about <laughs> two weeks before the dice. game. <laughs> I'm waiting till about two weeks before the game, and like shit, throwing them. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, hopefully I hit it, and then I'd be like, "LeBron James, LeBron James, LeBron James, LeBron James." I'm just trying to make the right play, but yeah, man. I mean, I feel them, man. Like these ticket prices are getting big, my boy. Like, bro, I do not feel these motherfuckers at all. This is what you wanted. 
Y'all wanted more talent in MLS. Y'all want this, that, and third. You want, you want, you want, you want shit costs. Nah, nah, because I feel them. I feel them. Like, they wanted Messi to come, and they wanted, like, there to be, like, sticker shock for maybe, (laughs) like, a week or two or something. Maybe, like, a game. Like, you know, they wanted them to go out of the League's Cup, like, rest up, come back as, like, a discounted product. Like, you know, and then go on tour. Like, Messi ain't doing that shit, bro. Like, Messi out here cooking people. He's and... lighting this shit up, bro. He literally took Miami from a laughing stock to an absolute fucking terror in MLS. Mm-hmm. And they ain't even back in league play yet. Mm-mm. They the odds on favorite. Hold on. Let me look up odds. Clear and away. Dog, everybody was talking before that Philly game. They was like, oh, no, Miami's going to get their toughest test in MLS. <laughs> and they fucking dogged philadelphia boy i know jim Curtin was like hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on wait a minute but you don't understand like a lot of people don't understand how good like miami's other players have become because Messi. right like especially robert taylor boy he cooking cooking bro yosef is out here looking like he got a new knee my boy yeah he's starting to heat up he's starting to heat up Okay, here, hold on. Let's uh let's do this. Okay. We go uh, I'm gonna place a bet live on air. Mm. We go we go do futures, okay? Team future. MLS Cup winner. Uh enter Miami at 800. I think I'm gonna put a I think I'm gonna put a fiver on that. Mm. So a win would make you how much? Forty-five dollars. Oh yeah, that's um five and forty-five. I'll take that flip. Might put a hundred on it. <laughs> that's that's a bit of a scratch. I got a hundred guns, a hundred clips. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah I, man, that's crazy though. Like they have, I've watched basically all of their games since. I really enjoy the league's cup, so I'm watching whoever's playing. I'm watching Monterey get their ass cooked. Uh, not cooked, but. They lost. Um, just the whole tournament has been fun for me. I really, really like it. And seeing Miami perform at the level they're performing at is just like, whoa, man. Like, that is unbelievable how quickly they turned around. Because it's not just Messi. It's also a new manager. Mm-hmm. And, you know, But, I mean, they did get better. They did yeah. get better with a new manager. Like, Everything got better, and they just look unbeatable, basically. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, we got the Women's World Cup. Uh, U.S. venues, forgive me. Yeah, yeah. And we're looking at which ones would be the best to host in 2027. Did you realize that the Women's World Cup was coming here in 2027? Bro, I did, I forgot, and then I was reminded because I have to remember this gauntlet of soccer in the U.S. that yes. is just going to be insane. Starting in 2025 with the Confederations Cup, 2025 right. so Confederations you do that. Cup, 2026 NYCFC Stadium is supposed to be in that 26-27 window. You got the World Cup in 26, Women's World Cup in 27. Ooh. Then the, Probably then that'll be the opening of the... Uh, NYCFC Stadium, like it's just absolutely nuts. So they have some venues here um, that could be potential hosts. And man, all the standard players are here: Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Audi Field in DC, Geodis Park in Nashville, Soldier Field Chicago, Boo. Lincoln Financial in Philly, MetLife in Jersey. State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona, Rose Bowl in California, Levi Stadium in California, Providence Park, Oregon, Lumen Field in Seattle, and that's all we have. Um, of these, which would you be most excited to see a Women's World Cup match here in the United States? Um, I don't know which ones I would be the most excited to see. But, like, I could run down this list and tell you where I've been. And um, 
I could tell you where I've been and um like what stadiums I actually like. So like Camping okay. World, Camping World's a grass stadium. I I was there to see Arsenal Chelsea. That's a good stadium. Mm-hmm. I would say um it's actually in a stadium complex with like Exploria Stadium where mm-hmm. the Pride and Orlando City play. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like that would be fun. I would like to go to Orlando for that, too. That would actually be like a good trip. I've been to Exploria, but not Camping World. Yeah, Camping World is uh, Camping World is slightly larger. It's like a football. It's a multi-purpose. Like uh, it's a large field that they use for football and soccer, but it's grass. Like, uh, okay. it's pretty dope. Um, Audi Field, everybody loves Audi Field. But, I mean, it is soccer-specific. So, like, I definitely think that for something like the Women's World Cup, like, a statement should be made about, like, using soccer-specific venues. Because, like, I do think they're going to sell a lot of tickets. I don't think it's going to compare to... um like the men's world cup though. Mm-hmm. So like, I do think they would have the benefit of doing that. Like just going for like slightly smaller venues, maybe Audi mm-hmm. might be too small. Jodis park would be like a great option. What is that? Like 30,000 mm-hmm. soccer specific. Everybody loves it. Soldier field. Absolutely not. It's garbage. Um, mm. Like garbage really like old or, uh, I mean, it's a mix of old, badly renovated, owned by, like, caught up in, like, legal bureaucracy that prevents it from, like, really improving. Like, it doesn't have a private owner. It's actually owned by, like, City Parts and Rec here mm-hmm. from Chicago. It's just, like, a whole lot of things that really prevent it from being, like, the space it could be, right? Like, the Bears yeah. are looking to move, and they'll probably be gone by 2027. So, I mean, you know, like, I just wouldn't recommend it. Like, it's a it's a great historic venue, but, like, it's definitely seen better days. Um, Lincoln Financial Field, don't really like this. Uh, is Lincoln Financial, um, that's their football stadium, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's so, where the Eagles play, right? That's where the Eagles play, and that's also where my son's alma mater plays the Army-Navy game. Yeah. So now nah, Naval Academy, my boy. Yeah. So I'd yeah, be I've been to Lincoln that. Financial. It's a nice field. Yeah, but I'd be good on that. Like I don't I don't want to really? see like I think you would love this to be honest, but I feel you. Nah, I'm starting to move away from like soccer and like football stadiums. Like what I really mm. like what I'm really starting to miss is like really small, intimate like stadiums where like you can feel like the ebbs and flows of the game Mm -hmm. right because everything's so tight right like that's what you want like Mm. you know like i understand the capitalistic nature to try to get the biggest stadium like get the biggest stadium and fill it but like you know if you have a good product an alternative to that is getting a stadium that you know that you're going to sell out and then letting the laws of supplies and demand inflate your ticket prices Mm. Which is what I think is actually like a way better plan, right? Because I mean, like, you know, you're guaranteeing a sellout in like a 30,000 person stadium for a World Cup game. Like, everything's going to be a sellout. So, um, let's see. MetLife. MetLife's cool, but it's the same thing like football, you know, football and soccer and football stadium. State Farm in Arizona, same thing. Uh, The Rose Bowl, same thing. Um, I'm getting a. Sorry to cut you off. I'm getting a echo from you. Uh, you still getting it? Yeah. Kind of like a reverb slash delay. What about now? Yep, there it's going. Maybe the laptop was mic was on or something. Yeah, the laptop mic was on. Yeah. Um, but like the same thing. You know, basically the same thing. Um. You know, with Levi Stadium, like so many of these stadiums are just football stadiums, right? Like mm-hmm. Providence Park, I'd love to see a World Cup game at Providence Park. That would be so much history, mm, like so yeah. much women's soccer. Hit, like you know, you see how much like that would like that would be an epic atmosphere, right? Like the same thing with Lumen Field, um, like you know, for just like Greater American Soccer. But yeah, that's really it. 
Um, what about you? Um, <clears throat> I would love to see. I agree with Providence Park after having been there. That's just a cool park, very American. Yeah. Uh, the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. I know you don't want football stadiums, but bro, to pack this out would just be just great. It's 92,000 plus capacity, which is just, yeah. So to, to fill that would be amazing. Yeah. MetLife for sure, because it's a great venue for soccer, uh, for really whatever you want to do there for concerts, whatever. It's out of the way in New Jersey, but it's the best we got until NYCFC opens their stadium. Um, yes, I know Red Bull has a stadium in New Jersey, but again, it's in New Jersey. So, yeah, once NYCFC Stadium opens, we have one in the city proper. I think that will be amazing at uh, 25,000 plus capacity. So MetLife in the interim. And Geodis Park. That's a great soccer stadium. It's new. It's good for the city. And Camping World. I don't know. Those are my picks. And I do like uh, DC Stadium. It's just too small, like you said. Twenty thousand yeah. is just not enough. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I really don't have anything else on on word the, word on the stadiums. So let's talk about some streaming stuff. Uh, we've talked Ooh. about a bunch of Ooh. different streaming scenarios and buyouts and this, that, and a third, and mergers and sponsorship deals and yada yada yada. Now, Apple may possibly buy ESPN. I want to hear your thoughts on this. ESPN, as many of you should know, has been laying off a lot of their sports arm. So they are clearly in the place where they're trying to do something with ESPN, and we're not sure what. So would an Apple and ESPN merger make sense? Yes. I'm surprised, actually, I'm surprised Apple hasn't, like, gone into partnership with Disney, like, already in some type of way. Because they got more money than Disney. (laughs) What? Because they have more money than Disney. (laughs) Yeah, but, I mean, in the world of, so, in the world of digital property, the reason if I was Apple, I would love to buy, like, the Disney property um, is because it solves your content problem and your broadcast network problem in one fail swoop, mm. right? Because you would get like your ABC properties, you would get your, like if Apple owned Hulu, that would be game over. Mm. Like, you you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, could yeah. you imagine like Apple content? Could you imagine Disney content being distributed on Apple iP- TV? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, so I fully expect like them to nibble off and take this ESPN chunk because they've been looking to get into um, like big sports for a while. I think while they are happy with this MLS deal, I think one thing the MLS deal taught them was that like they're not going to get any relevance unless they get like one of the big two sports and one of the big two sports is like football and basketball. Mm -hmm. And if you want football or basketball, you've got to have some type of broadcast network property Mm -hmm. um, to like land those because those are not going streaming only like, sorry, my boy, no way, not happening. And like, you might be able to grab like an off brand night. Like uh, I think uh, the NFL has like Amazon, like Thursday Night Football by Amazon on Amazon Prime now or Mm -hmm. something like that. And I just saw a Yankees game on Amazon Prime like two days ago. Yeah, so you'll always be able to grab like off-brand stuff like that, right? Mm Because, I mean, let's just be for real. Like, I love baseball. Uh, We saw Matt Judge hit uh, all hail the judge. What was it? All rise for the judge. We uh, Did you say Matt Judge? Not Matt Judge. Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge. (laughs) What? Yeah, we saw Aaron Judge hit a uh, walk-off homer. Well, it wasn't a walk-off, but like uh, it was like bottom of the eighth. We saw him uh, hit a homer uh, here when he was in town to play the White Sox. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
yeah, like let's just be for real. Like baseball is kind of like an off-brand property now. Mm. So yeah, like they're struggling for viewers. Yeah. So you'll always be able to pick up like the baseballs and the soccers of the world if you're like Apple or whatever. But if you want one of the big fish, like, you know, you got to get your hands on like one of these big pieces of property. Mm-hmm. And I could see like Disney, like as long as they have ABC, they might be fine cutting like ESPN a little bit because ESPN is a sports channel and a sports property on its own. It's kind of struggling and pulling down the Disney brand to be fair. Yeah. And they have, you know, obviously the huge advantage of being a mobile company kind of yeah. first. So, you know, having that content in people's hands at a moment's notice is that's crazy. Oh, yeah. Getting an ESPN partnership, the Apple ESPN partnership would easily become the number one like streaming combination like in the like united states i don't want to say the world um but yeah in the united states that would easily be like yeah high 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 up there yeah um do you want to go back over league's cup a little bit uh i don't know um do you have anything to add uh the league's cup i got in a really interesting conversation about why we shouldn't say uh league's cup is rigged but we should definitely say that Messi is getting every superstar call like known to the history of superstars and or calls. Oh, I don't know about that, bro. I don't know about that. See, I'm 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 kind of on the rigged side just for the fun of it. And I I'll, I'll, I'll give you the most glaring example of why this shit is rigged. Okay. <laughs> Messi beat Andre fucking Blake from like 70 yards out on a ground ball, bro. Come on. That shit is rigged, bro. Andre Blake ain't never in his career did no shit like that ever. Bro, but I mean, I could see how that's not rigged, though. Like, (laughs) I'm sure it's not, but. That shit was so crazy to watch in real time. Yeah, but this isn't good. Like, there's no way, bro. But this isn't good for the MLS, bro. Like, like it's good that Messi's here, but like when you take, like when you take a Messi that was struggling in like other places to because like the competition like level was so high. And then, like, drop him off here, and all of a sudden, like, him and two of his old homies then, like, put the band back together. Like, they, <laughs> and now they back here just, like, washing people. Like, it's not good for the league, bro. It's not good. Nope. I disagree. Why? Here's why I disagree. Yes, you could say Messi struggled at PSG, quote unquote. His numbers were still better than a whole lot of people. Yeah, and he was still in the Ballon d'Or conversation. However, it must also be noted, as was reported in news actually today, that he never wanted to be there in the first place. So adding that element on top of what he was already dealing with on the pitch, like if you don't want to be there, you don't want to be there. And like no amount of anything is going to really change that he looks genuinely happy to be in Miami and seems to be fully enjoying the game for the game again and that's why there's nothing you can do with him if you would have put him anywhere on planet earth and he was as happy I think it would have been effectively the same result no no because I mean the reason I I take your point, like I take your point in everything you said. And I do think that like, you know, there's definitely a bit of that in there. Like, but I do, I don't think that we can discount the idea that like Messi was on a far better team at PSG that disappointed like both in the league and the champions league for a couple of years in a far, far, far better team. Like, you know, in terms of like world positioning, 
Mm-hmm. And like now he's come to enter Miami, who was the worst team in the league. And now they look like they're never going to lose a game in MLS <laughs> as long as yeah, Messi, Sergio Busquets, and Jordi Alba are together. Jordi Alba's a 35-year-old that couldn't get in the Barcelona squad, but he shows up at Inter-Miami. He's playing left wing and, like, cooking people. Sergio Busquets, who couldn't run, like, enough to keep up with the European pace anymore, and he's, like, got here, and he doesn't have to run because he reads the game so much better than, like, anybody else on the field that Mm -hmm. nobody is ever close to him. Like, this is really good for the league in a lot of ways. But, like, you know, to a lot of people, this has really exposed MLS as, like, you know, like, the levels of MLS being better than it was a decade ago are definitely true. Um, A lot of the MLS, like, teams doing better than other teams, like, in terms of playing them head-to-head, are definitely true but like well are definitely like real signals but i mean there's still so much out here to indicate that like we're not producing a domestic product that like by and large is going to send people to like you know europe in any type of way or make you european players want to come here in any type of way i Mm -hmm. just i just don't see it I just don't. I disagree it. wholeheartedly. Y'all know I'm an MLS homer, but even aside from that, man, there have been stars here before. Um, the nearest thing I've seen to Messi just shredding the league and looking like he's just that so much better than everyone else around him was Sebastian Javinko. Yeah. Outside of that, I haven't seen any player come here that was. Just like, oh, he just world's more class than than anybody else. I watched David Villa play here. I watched Lampard play here. I watched Pirlo play here. I watched uh, Bradley Wright Phillips. I watched, we have Bernardeschi and uh, Insigne here now. Uh, there's so many names. I can't even think of all of Benteke's here. Like, so many names over the years. And... Like I said, from what I've seen in my time in MLS, there were two that just destroyed everyone around them. It didn't matter who it was. And that was Sebastian Javinko and Lionel Messi. Even Joseph Martinez was really, really, really good. But he still didn't quite impact me in the same way that Javinko did. But I guess he's he's probably in there too. So three people in 27 years... I mean, I don't see what you're seeing. Okay. I mean, you know, like. Uh, <laughs> no, you I mean, didn't, I feel, I feel like okay, you. Nigga, okay. Okay. I mean, like, I feel like you left some people off that list. Like, I feel like Henri was really transcendent when he came. That was before my time. Oh, that was. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The only. Yeah. The Beckhams and all of those. The only reason they were left off because they were before my time. Okay. Um, I mean. Okay, but I mean, I, I take your point. I take your point. And maybe, like, you know, and maybe it's just so glaring because this is League's Cup. Like, right. you know, I would really like to see what happens when Messi, like, gets back in the league. I guess that's, like, r- the real test. Like, everybody's so excited over, like, his debut, and I feel like we're all still, like, just glossing over the fact that this is, like, League's Cup. It's not mm-hmm. actually, like, League slog, like, League mm-hmm. play. So, you know. I guess I will reserve judgment for a little bit. <laughs> Hold because, on. Be strong. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. I still I still think I still think uh I still think. Do you think Inter Miami are the favorites for this? Absolutely, bro. They're, Did we, Nashville did we cover is not, that? They yeah. can't do nothing with them, bro. If Philly couldn't get close, Nashville is damn sure not going to get close cuz in MLS, I do feel like Philadelphia is the most consistently high level team you could probably pick on any random day. Yeah. And they got obliterated, bro. Like they got steamrolled like everybody else. They got the honor goal from Bedoya 
But that shit was not at all close, man. And to make it even crazier is they only had five shots in the game. And four of them shits was goals is crazy. Like, there's nothing you can do with that, bro. When they when they talk about finish your breakfast, bro, them niggas done cleaned out the buffet, bro, and nobody else is going to get to eat. Hey. Anyway, you want to uh, you wanna finish? Uh, you want to talk some more about some Women's World Cup, or you just want to finish on that? Uh, I think I'm good on that, man. Uh, I haven't watched any of the Women's World Cup. Shoot me. So the the times are just too crazy. Uh-huh. So I haven't seen anything. I do keep abreast of what's happening. I check scores in the morning. I watch hey, highlights. Yo. You cannot keep abreast of the Women's World Cup, my guy. <laughs> hey, yo, language matters, my guy. Hey, yo. <laughs> That's crazy. I did not. Uh, I am aware of what is happening in the Women's World Cup, but I've not watched any live games. And both of my teams got knocked out, so fuck that tournament. But then said he was keeping abreast. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what you got? What on you it, got? How, how, how convenient is that? Wow! How, how convenient, convenient is that? Fucking that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I ain't got nothing, man. Like, they got one more game left. Who are you taking, Spain or England? England. That's a Jamaican in you with that shit. Nah, 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 <laughs> nah. I'm just, I'm just telling you, man. Like England, England looks so, England looks so inevitable, man. Like mm. they got athletes, man. Like so like england is like the united states of europe in terms mm-hmm. of like how much better their like athletes generally are compared to like the other european competition and like it's just like you watch them especially now that like they've got wegman and like all their like good like you know men's counterparts tactics and like you could just t- like you could just tell like the training's different like and this is across the board at the women's world cup you can just tell that like these players that are playing in Europe now, like with um, like, you know, in these leagues, like in England, Spain, Germany, wherever, like, you know, you can tell France, like you could tell, like they're getting it. Like, yeah. you know, like they're getting the, they're getting the better facilities. They're getting like the better coaching, like mm-hmm. they're getting it. And like, you know, it's just a joy to watch. Um, but I've got uh, I've got England. Um, that's not saying that Spain can't get it done. Spain's definitely um, a good team. But what ends up happening is like Spain doesn't have any athletes on defense, mm. and like the men's game is moving this way too. Like if you ain't got no athletes on defense, bro, like what are you gonna do with the other team's athletes on offense? Right, right? It gets rough. Yeah, yeah, it gets rough. That's really what saves the U.S. a lot. Don't is, end up on a poster. <laughs> yeah, don't end up on a poster. But that's really what ends up saving the U.S. a lot is that, like, you know, our athletic profile is so high that, like, our defenders are just, like, head and shoulders, like, big athletic defenders. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you're not beating us for, like, pace. Like, right. you know, you're not outrunning a Crystal Dunn, a Naomi Gurma, a Sarah Gordon. Like, you know, you're not outrunning those people. So, we're, we're you know, like, I don't we'll think, see. I don't think Spain's going to be able to score. And I think England yeah. can score. They have kind of struggled to score that I have seen. Yeah. But let's see, man. There is, you never know what can happen. I think it would be an incredible story if Spain wins that uh, World Cup final. And I think stories uh, decide championships. And yeah, England has been screaming it's coming home for I don't know how long. I don't think they would value the women's win in the right way anyway. So the story is kind of set up for Spain to somehow get it completed. Oh, it's about to be toxic as fuck if uh, it's about to be toxic as fuck if the England's women's team wins. Like Mm -hmm. it's about to be a toxic fest. Oh yeah. Right. All that it's coming home like toxic men, like all the toxic men in England gonna be tight. Mm-hmm. Um 
hold on. Let me um I want to throw out a name for you. Um we have we have a new star born um in the women's game. Her name is Salma Paraloelo. Yeah, I saw her, man. She's the one that came on and saved them from getting eliminated. Yeah. Yeah, and she's. Oh, uh, no, not saving them from getting eliminated, but she scored the the winning goal that put them over the top. Yeah, she got uh in both games. Oh, okay. So she uh, she scored in two consecutive games to do this. Uh, she's one of those players that got on that wouldn't have got on, um, if those other fifteen wouldn't have been it would have been here. So like she's really taking the most of her opportunity, and she's black. So like you know, big shouts. Word, big shouts to her, man. I saw her um like celebration post and stuff after those, you know, two yeah. wins and I was just like, yeah, that's dope as hell, man. Yeah. Yeah, really happy for her. She plays for Barcelona too. Like this is what I'm saying, mm. man. Like, you know, like you know, the women's like, you know, a lot of these women's leagues are like getting a lot deeper in terms of like quality. So like, you know, that just being like bigger, faster, stronger than the other women, like that's not going to cut it anymore now that they got some more technical yeah, that skills out the window. Yeah. Well, we appreciate y'all tuning in. This has been another episode of Chop Soccer Podcast. This is your host, Rox Fontaine, and uh, it's your boy Ken here. And if there's one thing you need to know, mute the light. <laughs> We keep it real, son. Yeah. Peace.